This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And I hope you uh, brought along a beer or, or uh, maybe some wine. At the huh? garden party? Beer? Well, yeah. No, we should have like <laughs> champagne or something. Oh, I see. A little orange juice and champagne. That's what? exactly what we should be Very having. good. I'm glad you caught me mimosa. up on that. Mimosa. Once again, I'm getting direction from... Well, uh, mimosa huh? is a plant, of course, and oh. a drink, so it's even more perfect. Well, there you go. Okay. I'm glad I brought all that up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now uh, you really got me thinking about it. It's like, <laughs> can we take a little break? Yeah, wait a minute. we got, we got to go over the intro again. Uh, <laughs> hi there. It's The Garden Show on the air from Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden and sometimes uh, holder of the bottle. Uh, <laughs> not, not, on not, air. not on air. No, not, not on air. Never. And today's a big day here at the station and tomorrow, too. Uh, doors open Toronto. Yes, indeed. we got the whole Zoomerplex open. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. So, come on down. You, hey, you got it. You got it. 70 well, uh, Jefferson Avenue, Liberty you, Village. There you are. Yep. Oh, a beautiful day, too. Wow. Uh, phone numbers to reach Charlie, 416-360-0740. And, of course, uh, anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Charlie, what about your notes this morning? My notes. Well, let me start by just giving a quick shout-out to all the lovely people who have made an effort to come and see me at my Canadian Tire Garden Centre job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had quite a number of people come up and go, Oh, Charlie, you know, I heard you hear your show on Saturday, and you and Frank, and you and Frank, and Frank, and Frank, and Frank, <laughs> and yeah. just want to say hello. So, well, hello, just give the right folks back. the location. Yeah, it's Silver Linden Road, so it's very close to Highway 7 in Young. It's between Young and Bayview. So it's in Richmond I've, Hill. In Richmond Hill, yep. exactly. So I've got a, I'm running the garden centre there, and uh, yep, it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of work. Yeah. As, as one person noted the other day as I was hauling a big rack of plants around, boy, you sugar can save a lot of money on gym membership doing this job. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> it's like, right, yeah. yeah, that's exactly true. So, upcoming events. Tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society has a meeting, 2 o'clock, at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. The meeting room is numbers 3 and 4. This is the meeting you don't want to miss if you always wondered how to exhibit your beautiful rose. Everyone is welcome to attend. From, um, so, you know, for more information, if you want, send an email to hbrosesociety at simpatico.ca. The Applewood Garden Club is holding its annual plant sale next Saturday, June the 4th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the parking lot at St. Luke's Church, 1513 Dixie Road South, Mississauga, across from the entrance to Dixie Value Mall. Special features include the Mississauga Master Gardeners Advice Clinic, original metal garden sculptures, and free Peel Region compost. It's worth it just for the compost. Mm-hmm. Bring your own containers, of course. And uh, Sunday, June 5th, the following day, the Greater Toronto Water Garden Society, Water Garden and Horticultural Society, will hold their plant sale. 
from 10 until 1 p.m. at the Banbury Community Center, 120 Banbury Road in North York. That's the southwest quadrant of Leslie and York Mills. Of course, great opportunity for anybody with a water garden to pick up water lilies, marginals, oxygenators, bamboos, and perennials. So, And there'll be lots of water gardeners on hand to answer any questions. One more, and this is when you're going to want to go to the Burlington Horticultural Society General Meeting and Strawberry Social is going to be held on Wednesday, June 8th at 7.30 p.m. in the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The speaker is Virginia Jameson. She's a photojournalist. She's going to be presenting Inside Switzerland. There will be a flower show, strawberry shortcake, and a draw. Of course, all are welcome. Okay. Well, you know what? I forgot to make mention two things, actually. Oh. Our mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, let Sebastian know when he answers the phone there, uh, and I'll, you'll be greeted when you come on the air with this little bell. Mm. By the way, Libby Zneimer... Uh, on her show yesterday yeah. on the Free for All Friday, yeah, yeah, she was. A lady said, "Oh, I'm a first time caller." She's, "Oh, I should have a little bell." Ha <laughs> ha! Stealing my idea. Huh? You're welcome to use the don't, bell. Don't leave it around. She might just pick it up. <laughs> That's right. Keep it under lock and key. Okay. All righty. Uh, we're going to be along with uh, all sorts of uh, wonderful callers, Trish, Phyllis, Gill, and um, oh, a whole bunch more. After these words here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, I'm just about to step into my Speedo because we're off to Wasaga Beach. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Hi, Trish. Cover Good mor- my eyes. <laughs> morning, Trish. Hello, Trish. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, Charlie, I've got two rows of Sharon trees with two different problems. Does that count as one question? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can ask it all in one sentence, go for it. Okay, the one um, last year I phoned you about, and I did cut it down, but this year it's just got stalks. And the other one has got, uh, like, dead flowers from last year. Now, what do I do about both of them? Okay, so remember Rose of Sharon is one of the last uh, plants to look like it's alive in the spring. So if it's just got stalks and you don't see anything on it, no green at all, I wouldn't be worried yet. Okay. Um, because I, I can't actually say that I've looked closely at a Rose of Sharon in the Toronto area, but I, they always look dead when everything else is in full leaf. But this is the time to cut back Rose of Sharon if you want to, if you need to, if it's overgrown, if it's too, you know, just too big or... No, it isn't. All right. So remain calm. <laughs> and the one that's got all the little fruits and, and flowers hanging off it, they will fall off as the leaves emerge. But again, you know, you can trim and that will also... Like, I wouldn't go and take all those little fruits off. However, they will often have seeds in them. And you, before you know it, you're starting your very own Rose of Sharon nursery. Uh-huh. So, so see what happens there. But, yeah, I wouldn't be concerned yet at all about the Rose of Sharon. So just leave them as they are? Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks a lot. All right, let us know if they don't emerge, but I'm sure they will. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All righty. Thanks, Trish, very much, and uh, welcome aboard, everybody, uh, coming into uh, the show via the phone lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alliston, neat little town, yeah. and uh, about, I think, seven kilometers or maybe ten kilometers away from my favorite restaurant in the whole world, and that's the Globe Restaurant. 
uh, I hope they're paying Rosemont. you to say that. That's a well-known Well, I hope they will now. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Phyllis. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I'm calling about my hydrangea. I don't know if I did wrong, but I cut the, you know, the, the stalks off yesterday. Mm-hmm. But they, they're, they're growing from the bottom. Uh-huh. Okay, it's all green. Yeah. But they seemed like they were dead, so I cut them off. Uh-huh. Now, is that, was that not uh, a good idea? No, or? that's perfect. That's exactly what you should do. That's exactly what I should do. Exactly. Because so the, the stalks seemed very dry, mm-hmm, but yet they mm-hmm. seemed, when I cut them, they seemed like they were still a little alive, but I didn't know. So. No, you know what? You, you, this is the time of year that we take out all the dead. Okay. And when you they, something's brown and wrinkled and, right. and, you know, crispy, definitely cut it out. Uh, and as you point out, all the green leaves are down at the bottom because the right. root survived the winter. Right. All of last year's stems did not. So you right. cut them right out. And what will happen is the hydrangea will grow up into a nice little compact mound, okay. you know, and it'll look nice in terms of its shape and its size. Okay. And depending on what variety of hydrangea it is, you, you, you know, you're very likely to get lots of flowers on the new growth if it's one of the newer varieties of hydrangea. Okay, I've had it for a while. I'm not exactly... I don't remember exactly how, how long I've had it, but last year there was only one bloom on it. Yeah, it was Does about... It every year or... No, it's about 10 years ago that the new varieties of hydrangeas came out that uh-huh. bloom on this year's growth, or what we call okay. new wood. Yeah, yeah. Any hydrangea before that 10-year period often did not bloom on new growth, only bloomed on old growth, which meant we had, a lot of us had green shrubs in our, in our gardens and not a lot of flowers. So, so it's all right to cut it yeah. uh, like every, every spring? Yep. Take oh. out the brown. Can definitely consider fertilizing it to help it grow. And yes. like I say, um, cross your fingers that you get more than one flower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But okay, so I didn't do wrong. No, nope, not at okay, all. Okay, that sounds good. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for your call. Perfect. Thanks, Phil. Have a wonderful Phil. day. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Got a good report record there, uh, <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. And, uh, hey, oh gosh, we have a first-time caller online from Dunville. Let's welcome Gil. Hi, Gil. Hey, how we doing? Long-time listener. Oh, nice. Welcome to the show. Just a, just a, a quick call because then I can get off the line and learn more from you guys. Okay. okay. From Frank? Uh, what do you learn uh, from Frank? What's that? What have you ever learned from Frank? Nematodes. Uh, Sierra Sil. Sierra Sil. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Fine. Good I can't in. leave you out, Frank. Can't good, leave you out. Good, good answer. <laughs> uh, no, I got the. We hard pruned uh, some uh, dwarf apple trees I got out uh, out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got about a five, six inch caliper on them, and, uh, but wasn't able to get at them this year. Mm-hmm. And now I got all the water sprouts. Charlie, can I cut all those out now or when? Yep. Yeah, you better. Yeah, because there's no point in leaving them. They're they're just going to oh, rob. Just, the... It looks like almost like a bush. Yeah, they're just robbing the tree of energy, and That's they are I never going to fruit. Oh, okay. They'll never flower fruit. So, yeah, it's often with hard yeah, pruning. that never flowered. Yep, that's the response you have to do. it. Certainly, the sooner you do it in the spring, the better. So get out there today. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I'll let somebody else get on the line. Well, somebody <laughs> Thanks else so is, much, Gil. Yeah, uh, somebody else actually is one of your neighbors. Another call from Dunville. Oh, would you nice. believe? How about that? Don, good morning and welcome to the show. Hello, Hello. Don. Yes, hi. Hi there. Yes, uh... I've got a, a problem with uh, moles mm. in the lawn and in my flower beds, mm. even in the garden. Mm. 
How do you get rid of them? Hmm. Moles. And you're sure it's moles? Yes. It's not they're like... digging holes everywhere. Not like groundhogs or something. So... No, they're moles. I see them. Yeah. I can see the little black ones. <sighs> Look almost like a mouse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've had this call before, and, I mean, there's this, how do you get rid of them? I think the best caller, best suggestion was from a caller, a couple, it would have been last summer, and there was some little gizmo she had bought that... Um, it, it gives little, off sound, It's probably battery-operated, and yeah. it was like a, a little, if you Google or, or um, you know, get somebody to Google for you, the idea of mole, um, it's not, it doesn't exterminate them or hurt them. It makes the environment very, very unfriendly for them because it, it puts out a sound that they can't deal with that, of course, we can't hear, so we don't really care. But, um, it, and that was the most humane thing I've ever heard of because yeah. otherwise it's poison baits. It's, um, you know, little smoke, s- down smoke the sulfur bombs hole, into yeah. their holes. Um, some t- even the old juicy fruit gum idea that you take some juicy fruit gum and you chew it up a little bit and then you drop it down into their holes and they're attracted to it and they eat it and then it kills them. So, I mean, oh, there's dear, sort of yeah. all these horrible mm. things you can do. But <clears throat> mole repelling. And I'm going to just Google it right now and see if I can find it. It was, it was kind of a neat idea. The idea yeah, of this I wish I had machine. Could, uh, mark down the name. I, uh, in fact, I don't think she did have the lady. Who no, suggested. but somebody else. Yeah, yeah. mole mm-hmm. repellent. All right, so I'll see if I can come up with. Yeah, there's like recipes. There's all kinds of solar-powered mole repeller. Ooh, baby. Ooh, yeah. Only seven dollars and twenty-four cents on Amazon. Yeah. So mm. it's uh, just a little thing that makes noise. The <laughs> ultrasonic no, waves yeah. will uh, imitate them. Oh. Simulate danger and repel them away from irradiated areas. Yeah, yeah, well, no poisons, no chemicals, solar-powered yeah. with, yeah. So, that I mean, that's probably what I would try and do, Don, is get a hold of something like that, see if it works. Okay, I've got one, mm-hmm. uh, but I've got them, out, uh, you know, at the back and at the front and everywhere. Could they turn around and eat the roots of other plants? They actually don't, they're not vegetarians. They are, well, they're carnivorous more than anything. They chew through and eat other um, animals in the soil. So, you know, worms and grubs and all kinds of things like that. Oh, I always like thought I they... I found stuff in my uh, flower beds, like this year, like a tree rose. Mm. There was absolutely no uh, roots left on it. Okay, so that could be, there are voles that will eat all the roots of trees. So it could be that you've got voles and moles, perhaps. But either way, yeah, I would do everything in my power. A dog, maybe. You know, (laughs) you just want to drive them off the property. You want them to, you want to make it an unhappy place for them and try and avoid, you know, anything that's too toxic or, or, you know, horrible. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that, Dawn. Thank you very much for calling into the show. And gee, we got uh, up to a little break here. And I must tell you, we've got a couple of lines open right now. So for those of you waiting for that perfect time to call, it's right now. Here's the number for Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we're uh, due to travel east just a little bit mm-hmm. towards Scarborough. Let's say hi to Tony. Hi, and welcome to the show, Tony. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, 
I have a problem with my uh, hydrangea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, every year it seems to happen. I, it's a bug or a sort of a worm type thing. Mm-hmm. It takes the two leaves, mm-hmm. closes them up and over the top of the uh, yeah. shoot, stitches them together. Yeah, and yeah, that's the tips of any of your. Annabelle type hydrangeas. Yeah. So, have you got? A, is it a huge shrub or? I mean, because I have the exact same thing happening on my hydrangea, and I just went and I peeled open the leaves. There's that little larva in there, and you just want to squish it. Yeah, uh, that's what I have been doing. But yeah. I think last year I sort of just <laughs> got fed up with it and mm. let it, left it, mm. and it did eventually bloom. Yeah, exactly. That little larva will turn into a moth, which will fly away. Uh-huh. So it's just in that process of, but it does chew the tip while it's in there. Yeah. So I think the idea is to try and eliminate the insect if you can, just to lower the population. But you're right, the plant will will come through. It's not like it'll chew the plant yeah. down and kill it or anything. Because originally I used to be patient and open it up and mm. take the sort of worm type thing. Yeah. And uh, I, well, I'm not going to be doing that every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very short window when this is happening. It's just like right now for this kind of 10 days, two weeks, and then they're gone. they've are gone. they moved on as part of their life cycle. Yeah, okay, so just yeah, so, more or less leave it. Yeah, so you can ignore it. You can trim them or you can peel them open and squish. I, I did trim them one year and... Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was a good thing to do or not. But. Well, yeah, you don't because they're not they're not yet uh, forming their flower buds. Uh-huh. You can trim them. It might misshape the shrub a bit uh, to do that kind of trimming, make it bushier than it needs to be. But um, but certainly, yeah, it's an option as well. So it's best to be just patient with the thing, I guess. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Charlie. Okay. You're very welcome. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for calling into the Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio, broadcasting live and direct, by the way, from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Some uh, faces have been peering in uh, <laughs> through the doors at us uh, from Doors Open Toronto. We're taking part in that, of course, uh, today and tomorrow. More about that a little bit later on. Meantime, uh, hey, this is the second week in a row that uh, Warner's gotten through in line from Tilsonburg. Good morning, Warner. Good morning. Good How morning. Good. Excellent. Welcome back to the show. Good. I just wanted to follow up. You asked me to give you a call if I'm successful with this beast that ate my watermelon and my cucumbers. Yeah. I put cayenne pepper on. They like it. <laughs> That's a beast. <laughs> now, now I got six tails that I have to put on every night and take off in the morning, and that seems to work. Oh, man. That's hilarious. You, you've got some kind of tasty stuff going on there, I think. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> uh, now I got two traps. I caught one, eh? Oh, yeah. What'd you catch? All right. What did it look like? Uh, a bit bigger than a mouse. Oh. And I, I, I believe that it's a vault. Yeah, it probably is. And I got two more, uh, the two traps. Mm-hmm. I leave them set because I think the mother-in-law is still around. <laughs> <laughs> you need one of those those cameras, you know, that are that uh, motion detected yeah, cameras exactly, that yeah. run all night so that you can watch wildlife in in action when you're sleeping. Um, uh, well, you know what? It's going to be one of those things. You just got to get the plants to outgrow those horrible little beasts. And I think setting the traps is a good idea. Yeah. So. Oh, to, to get one of them cameras, I don't understand. I still got a rotary telephone. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess that's probably a good idea that you don't get one of those cameras. <laughs> Thanks so much, Warner. Giving thank, us our little yes, uh, dose thank of you. laughter this Thanks morning. Thanks for the God. update. You're yeah. welcome. Okay. Have a great one. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's see. So between moles and voles, yeah. get, this is the time of year where they're wreaking <laughs> havoc on people's greenery. That's right. And uh, my girl, Cheryl, uh, had some um, lawn low. Just uh, just a second here, sorry. Um, I just had a little word in my ear that kind of threw me for a moment. Mm. Sorry, uh, I was just going to suggest anybody that's laying sod down, mm. make sure you keep that new sod really well watered. Because that's what we were doing last night, is watering some of that newly It poured sod. rain at my place. Uh, it, hardly anything, really. Really? Yeah. I had like two hours. It was the best thing, like a two-hour steady rainfall oh boy. Yeah. between like two and four. And it was just great, just saturated everything. And we needed that rain. Yep. And I had just very smartly just put out some grass seed an hour before it rained. So, so proud of yourself. I'm just like, my timing was perfect. But you're right about sod. Don't keep yeah. it soggy wet, but you do have to keep it moist. And remember, if the edges start to peel, yeah. that's the first thing that happens when it starts yeah. to dry out. Get out there and walk the Make, edges. Keep, keep contact down, yeah. and keep those edges moist. Good point. Okay. Reg in Toronto, welcome to The Garden Show. Hello, Reg. Yes. Morning. Good morning. Uh, is it too late to plant garlic, and how deep, deep do I plant it? It's Well, most people plant garlic in the fall. I understand. But you can uh, plant it in the spring, and you're going to, uh, of course, pointy. Well, you're going to take your garlic, break it all apart so you've got the, the individual... Uh, little sections. Yeah, little buds, if you will. And each one of those pointy end up gets stuck down under the soil. The base of the of the little um, clove will go down about three times the height of itself. Yes. So, um, yeah, so it's just soft earth. Press it down into the earth. Uh, indicate to yourself where you've planted them. Plant them about four to five inches apart. And you should get a, a, a reasonable crop in August. Oh, really? Yep. Just watch for the flowers. When the garlic starts to flower, cut those off. They're called scapes. Yeah. And then uh, green leaves, green leaves. And as the leaves start to yellow, you will be, you'll dig up and check and start harvesting. And then we all all right again next year? Then you're going to plant this fall again. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much. Thanks for All your right, call. Reg, thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show. Hey, an old friend of yours is on the line. I know. I'm neglected to tell everybody that we do have a special guest. And you remember, Aaron was here last yes. year. Yes, and um, your lovely daughter, too. Taylor. Yeah. That's right. So it's uh, Aaron, Ta- um, Aaron Fulton Gurgis joining us from the... Gates Open Home and Garden Tour presented by the Rouge Valley Health System Foundation. Well, there you go. So it's, and it's such a cool tour because it's not just a garden tour. It's a home and garden tour. And this year they're doing things a little bit differently. So Aaron's joining us to fill us in on the details. Good morning, Aaron. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Hi, Thanks Aaron. Thanks for having me on again. Our pleasure. So Long give us time the... no talk. Yeah. I, I know. Last time I saw you, we were taping videos in my backyard. Yes, I know. Well, <laughs> Frank, I have to tell you, the best part of our tour, of course, is that um, not only is it like featuring, of course, the Scarborough Bluff, but Charlie Dobbin. Thank you again for coming back and joining us um, hey, this gonna, year because gonna... it was awesome last year. Yeah, it's um, going to be fun. So and, when uh, is we're it? Have lots more fun this year. Yeah. So tell us when and how so, and why. Yeah, it's um, it's happening Saturday, June 18th. Mm-hmm. It's from 10 till 4. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you had mentioned it is in it is in support of the Rouge Valley Health System Foundation, which is um, our local area hospital, mm-hmm. and um, it, all the funds, all the proceeds raised goes towards um, the hospital, of course, and the and the care that they give our, our community patients. So mm-hmm. we are um, looking forward to you know um, an increased attendance this year. It's our fourth year, mm-hmm. um, and each year it seems to get better and better. Last year. We did a um, speaker series, or we, we hosted a garden party, actually. You and I hosted one in yeah, my backyard. that's right. And um, this year, uh, it went so well, actually, that this year we've um, expanded it. Now we've got a full day of um, seminars. They're only a half an hour each, so it doesn't take too much time out of the, out of the day when you want to explore the gardens and homes mm-hmm. um, along the Scarborough Bluffs or go and explore the Scarborough Bluffs, one of the magnificent parks around. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got, well, we have yourself, yep. and you're going to be, I believe, you can tell us maybe more, but talking about edible, um, you know, incredible edibles, as That's we right. called it, um, to learn a little bit more about that. And we've also got... Um, Emily Tremblay from Sherwin-Williams coming in to talk to us about colors for uh, 2016 and trends. And um, we also have another gardening expert um, from Pagona Gardens coming in and talking. And, um, of course, Mayfair is on board this year to give us a little bit of injection of of health and wellness, Mm -hmm. Um, especially since we're dealing with a tour that's in support of the the health of the community. So. Um, that's the lineup for the speaker series this year. Hopefully, everyone can come out and not only enjoy the homes and gardens inside and out. I think you raised a great point. Mm. Is most most garden tours are just touring, of course, the gardens. That's but this right. This is in fact a home and garden tour. And so, the homes are yeah. incredible. Oh, you know, oh. each one is so unique. Very. I mean, you really get a, a wide spectrum of style and uh, you know inspiration mm-hmm. when you're going through all these different homes. Um, and, and uh, you know, hopefully take a home, a couple of do-it-yourself ideas. Very good. Yeah. Steal, steal some exterior. ideas. Why not? <laughs> of right? course. That's, yeah. that's yeah. why. Plagiarism at its best. That's why we go <laughs> on these tours. Aaron, is, is there a, um, a website uh, that folks can get onto via the web and, and get more information, uh, all the Thanks things you've mentioned? Asking. Yes, there is. It's bluffgatesopen.com. And uh, you can go there and get all the t- ticket information. Um, you can get tickets online, or you can, if it's easier, just call in, in um, for the phone number and uh, get your tickets there. Oh, so. that's, that's great. Bluffsgatesopen.com. Gates. Yeah, so that's all one word, yep. Bluffsgatesopen. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, um, Aaron, you should just tell people that the speaker series is happening at the Cornell Campbell House, right? Thank you. Yes, it is, Charlie. It's, uh, it is happening um, and that is our, our host location. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like master control. And that's where everything is going to go down. If you have any questions or concerns about the tour, um, you're going to go to the to the Campbell House on Kingston Road, very close to Markham and Kingston Road in Scarborough. And, and you um, can buy tickets there the day of? Can, yeah, and you yep. can buy tickets there. Yep. Um, and you see the speaker series there. But, it's yeah, it is um, headquarters for the tour because right. it is a self-guided tour. Mm-hmm. You guys, it's something. It's not something that um, you know you're going to walk from home to home on one street. No. It does feature different homes and and little different areas um, along the Scarborough Bluff. Mm-hmm. So you'll um, you know grab a couple of friends and yeah, uh, exactly and make a, a dance. Yeah, it sounds great. And yeah. it's Father's Day uh, Father's Day weekend too, isn't it? 
It is. So it is. take father out for some touring. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, City Buick is actually on board this year, and I believe they are going to be featuring a couple of extra special classic cars in some of the driveways of oh, the yeah. homes. So, you know, the tourists yeah. kind of, you know, appeal ex- to all to the masses. Yeah. And, it's expanding. Um, it's an, it's, yeah, it's it a is, happening it, it thing. It is expanding. And, you know, we're thankful for, for your support and helping us expand it each year and raise the profile of Scarborough Bluff. Yeah, well, it's a pretty beautiful place and you're lucky to live there. Thanks. So Thanks. <laughs> hey. I feel lucky to live there. It's like, honestly, I feel like it's, you know, a cottage in the city mm-hmm. and it's only... I don't know, about a half an hour away from the city, but most people don't realize I know. what's in the East End. That's but right. It, it is quite spectacular. So if, if anyone hasn't discovered, or perhaps they have, come and rediscover it because a, a lot has, has changed, and um, especially right along the park of the actual Scarborough Bluff, the city's doing a lot of you know preservation work right. around there and expanding it. So. And re- remediation of the bluffs because they are getting sort of, sort of trampled by climbers and hikers sometimes. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, our our house it's sort of right at the right at the peak and it's about three hundred feet up. Um wow. you'd be amazed at how many mm-hmm. how many climbers um there are. And as avid as you are as the climber, mm-hmm. I don't suggest you, <laughs> you yes, do that. Stay away. That's it's yeah. hard on the bluffs and hard on the people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well enjoy the tour. I hope lots of people will come and as you mentioned, I'm one of the speakers. I'm not sure when I'm speaking that day, but it's sometime after the radio show. So <laughs> yes. I'll uh, I'll report on that next week. And thanks for joining us today, Aaron. Oh, thank you both so much. Nice to hear your voices, and have a great day. Have a great weekend, and hopefully we'll see everyone uh, in two weeks. Excellent. Care, Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, that's that's going to be a really neat tour. You should come. Home and Garden. I'm, I'm going to be in Ireland, my oh, friend. Oh, good point. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I guess <clears throat> well, the choice between Scarborough Bluffs and yeah, Ireland, well. hmm, that's a tough one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you have well, you told everybody I, that you're going to Ireland? Uh, well, I've mentioned it. Once or twice, but uh, not yeah. on the garden show. Not on the garden so show. So next no, week is your last garden show for three garden shows. That's right. Yeah. So you're just like abandoning. I'm me going here. over to the old side, you know, and kiss the Blarney Stone, don't you know? <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> you are having a Blarney. Oh, in you. I'm gonna... <laughs> you don't need any more Blarney. You come back with more Blarney, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we better, oh, we've got to take a little break here, my friends. So uh, we've got, uh, last report, uh, two folks in from, uh, or at least uh, from Beaverton. Uh, Yeah, Mary's on the line. We'll be to you in just moments here, Mary. And the lines will be opening up again, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-744-740. Back in just moments with the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming Mary from Beaverton. Hi, Mary. Morning. Morning. Um, I'm calling. um, I seem to have a severe problem in uh, grassy and garden areas with what I believe is wild mint. Mm-hmm. And this has been happening repetitively year after year. And you'd, I'd, last year I dug down two feet and wow. completely cleaned the garden out and started with fresh soil, etc. And it's filled right back in again first thing this spring. So I'm hoping you'll be able to tell me how I could get rid of that. Huh. 
That's a that's a challenge. Um, I wonder. Well, first off, I'm not sure if it's really wild mint or it was mint that was planted by somebody, and it can be very invasive. There's no question. Um, once planted, very difficult to eradicate. And like you said, removing all the soil and now, you know, whatever, tiny little tiny bit of root got left behind or little piece yeah, of stem. Away we go again. And yeah. it just starts to grow again. Yeah. Honestly, one of the best ways to eradicate a troublesome invasive plant is with solarization dark plastic tarpaulin laid over top of the entire garden, sealed at the edges with soil and rocks and timbers, and left with the sun baking onto that dark-colored plastic, baking the soil from below, and uh, and basically killing anything that's alive down there in the way of vegetation. Uh, animals, worms, etc. will crawl out because it just gets too hot, but any plants under wood will die. But you do have to leave something like that in place for at least eight weeks in order to be successful and, you know, even longer wow, just months. on, on yeah. principle. But I, for a whole season. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. If you've got, you know, you have to dig out the plants you want to keep. But then the, well, there might be a little bit of mint mixed in with those roots. Oh, so, you know, yeah. it just becomes a surgical thing to ensure that you're not keeping any mint alive. Okay, and I guess it's the same uh, application for grassy areas. Yeah. Because it just comes up through the grass. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, it, it's, it just lays low on the ground, kills the grass, and it's not like the lawnmower can do much to it either. No, I think it actually spreads it. <laughs> I think so, too. Particularly once it starts to flower, right? That's part of it. It'll set seed, and, and it runs around with its little runners. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a huge problem. So I'm sorry to hear that, but, yeah, that'd probably be my best suggestion is just go in there and, Cover everything in plastic, dark green if you can, or black plastic. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll try that then. Well, good luck, Mary, yeah. with that. Let us let us know how, how it goes, okay? Thank you very much. You Have bet. Take care. And uh, thank you uh, for joining us here in the Garden Show 948 as we... Uh, well, it's, it's a merry, merry show today. We have Mary <laughs> from Hamilton on the line. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Um. I'm happy to get through to call, to speak with you. I have, uh, my problem is my, ra- well, it's not a problem, raspberries. I have several um, raspberries that have taken off, uh, you know, about uh, 20 feet away from the rest of them, and I'm not sure how to or when to move them back with the rest of the uh, patch. Well, your raspberries are similar to our last caller with the mint. Your raspberries are trying to take over. And uh-huh. so I, you, it, what's happened is a root, like a sucker has grown off a root. So the raspberry roots are, you know, spreading out. And every now and then a stem will shoot up off of one of those roots. And we call that a sucker. So sharp shovel, I would go in there. I would sever what has shown up 20 feet away from the patch sever that you know through the root dig it up either eliminate it from the property or get it back to join into the raspberry patch so that you've got some kind of control otherwise say bye-bye to everything and just your whole yard becomes raspberries well that's not a bad idea i love raspberries too but um is this is this the right time of year to do it um uh, just uh you could do it now or you could do it in the fall either one would work um in terms of you know being effect, you know a good time to do transplanting, but my impulse would be to do it sooner than later, just because if you leave it, it's just going to be that much more to move. Uh huh. And should.
should I, one is about uh, three feet tall. Should I cut it down uh, when I do that? Yes, because you're going to leave some root behind, so it's always appropriate to lower the height of the stems. When we know we're leaving up to a third of the roots behind, we typically will cut down by a third. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Great. Thanks for My joining pleasure. us. My pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for calling. Yeah. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, we've kept Charlie pretty busy here this morning, so a little uh, time left to have a chat with folks. Uh, Julie is on the line from North York. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Good Good morning. Yes, Charlie, I just want to know, I have a beautiful hibiscus from last year, and we put it underneath the sterile for the winter. Like, we cut it Mm one-third back, and so I took it out in, I guess, first of March and put it in my sunroom and the leaves are absolutely gorgeous green and all of a sudden a couple of leaves are getting kind of a pale with a little brown edge. Is that too much water? Might be. Have you still got it in the sunroom or did you take it outside? Oh, it's outside. Okay, so likely um, what's happened is that the leaves that grew in your sunroom were prepared for a certain amount of light. Then when you took it outside, the light was much more intense, okay. and you've, it's a little bit of sunburn on the leaves. Oh, is that what it is? Likely. So don't worry. The, the, if this, the burn is so intense that the leaves just shrivel up and drop off, new ones will grow. Oh, and another thing is, will I be getting, like, a flowers this year? You should. If, you're, if it's that happy and healthy, remember to fertilize. This is the time to be fertilizing. Yeah, because we bought it in the plant. Like, my daughter bought it in Oakville, that beautiful terracotta, that plant world in Oakville. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when she bre- gave it to me, the beautiful yellow leaves. So my husband, we cut it down for the winter, and mm-hmm. we put it under the stairwell, and then we took it out. And Good. the little leaves, they were going, and now they're just beautiful. But I thought, yeah. couple of leaves. So that's what it is, eh? Yeah. Likely. So just, yeah, give it some fertilizer and recognize that buds will soon follow and you'll have a beautiful yellow flowering hibiscus again. Okay, another thing. Do I leave it in the sun all the time? Yes. All the time. But what if it's really direct hot sun? It'll it'll handle it. (laughs) It will? Yes. Okay. That is one tough tropical plant. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Julie. Thank you. Kind of snuck an extra little call in. Where were you, Patrolman I was ready to jump on board there, but she was quick. She was quick. She was really good. I've even had people at the Canadian Tire I'm working at say, I'm so glad Frank's not here because then then they'll ask me another question, (laughs) right? They go, I can ask another question, right? (laughs) Yeah. All righty. Margaret Newmarket, welcome to the Garden Show. Wait, wait. Where are you going, sweetie? Oh, did I... uh, Bruce and Selkirk. Oh, Bruce and Selkirk. There you are. Hi, Bruce. (laughs) Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a deck in the rear of my house, and uh, a few years ago, over the deck, I built a pergola, and I planted Engelman ivy, Mm -hmm. and it it grew up the post and covered the... uh, covered the uh, pergola Perla, just yeah. beautifully. Mm-hmm. But I decided I wanted to get rid of the ivy, and I cut it off at the at the roots, mm-hmm. at the ground level. But unfortunately, it has grown underneath mm-hmm. the deck. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, of course, it's a ground cover, and it, it roots along as it goes. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to know is how can I kill that which, which, which is growing under the deck? Well, how, how high is the deck above the ground? Two feet. Hmm. Yeah, that's a challenge. <laughs> mm. You can go back. Okay, so where you, the original plant was planted 
beside the deck, obviously. And yep. does that appear to be dead or, or, or is yep. there gro- – oh, okay. Yes. But the under-the-deck part – um, as what kind of spacing is there on the boards? Like, could you, yeah, it'd be really hard to do anything. Oh, half inch. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Roundup is available in garden centers. It's under lock and key, but you can buy Roundup, uh, for noxious, invasive, um, uh, weeds like poison ivy, for example. Now, uh-huh. so you, you can purchase Roundup and Roundup will kill what's going on under your deck. If you can con- get the Roundup to contact the green leaves. I see. So maybe okay. lying down on the ground with a sprayer attached to your hose and spraying, or any kind of a sprayer, spraying the Roundup under the deck from, because you can't get under two feet, or get a young child to uh, offer to do this for you to crawl in under there. If you can spray the, those leaves with Roundup, they will die. It okay. may take more than one spray, but you should be able to kill it that way. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us, Bruce, uh, from Selkirk, Ontario. How about mm-hmm. that? You know, we've uh, just a few minutes remaining. I wonder if we might be able to, uh, you might be able to deal with a few uh, emails along the way here to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You got some with you? Well, you've got some, I think. Have you not? <laughs> well, you usually do. That's why I'm uh, uh Well, I'll dancing. just dig huh? through all my stuff here and see what I've got. <laughs> okay. On, well, uh, in the meantime, did you, what? No, Tell us about have, your... We do have a caller online that we can go to quickly, oh. though. Okay. Oh, okay. Lucille in Toronto. Hello and welcome. Pardon me? Yep. Good morning. Go ahead, Lucille. Hello. Yes, yes, Lucille, go ahead. Go ahead. I would like... I got an orchid plant on um, Mother's Day. It seems from Walmart uh-huh. and cultivated here in, in, in Canada, it says. Yep. But... I do not know how to, it says to put in a bright spot, Mm -hmm. room temperature, Mm -hmm. water every 14 to 21 days. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, I don't know anything else about it. Well, so bright spot means no direct sunlight, just a bright indirect light. Eastern window or northern window is best. Watering every 14 to 21 days seems maybe not quite often enough. I think most people end up watering about every 7 to 10 days. Many people like to water with three ice cubes at that time. Others like to water by immersing the orchid into a pail of water so that it can really, really get thoroughly flushed out and then drained in the sink and then back onto the window ledge. And so that's the best way to to look after an orchid, to have it really stay perky and healthy and and blooming and keeping us sort of happy indoors. So thanks for that. Good call. Okay. Thank you, Lucille. And thanks to all our callers. Had some really interesting questions today. Mm -hmm. And uh, the answers, of course, always superb, Charlie. Thank you very much, Franklin. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, just keeping me on my toes and uh, banging through. Uh, like, to, let's go to that caller right now. Let's not even breathe. <laughs> I tried. I, I tried. I know. Okay. So I'm going to miss you when you go to Ireland, though. Just so you know, next week will be our last show for a couple of weeks. We'll have yeah, to... you're going to be having some special guests. I too, right? am. I'm not going to do it alone. I'm bringing in some buddies to have some fun with while you're not here. Oh, that's good. Well, party on. <laughs> you better bring the wine bag in. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Mimosa. I'm still thinking about mimosas. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, everybody enjoy Doors Open uh, all day today and here at the Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue. And you are on later today Yep, and conducting tours beforehand. Exactly. As a matter of fact, uh, tomorrow is the AM 740 
uh, part of doors open mm -hmm. here at the Zoomerplex. So come on by today. It's classical 96.3 FM, our sister station that's getting full treatment. Mm -hmm. And uh, but we're we all under one roof. Like I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like yeah. Yeah. Wander around. Come on by. You know, yeah. We'll, we'll ski, squeeze you into the studio. <laughs> Whatever. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without you. And to all our great callers, see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.